these combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. Take a look at the world we living in. It's falling apart. Quick to flash, muscle and guns, but don't show hard. Time to spark a conversation. Let that be a lesson. Welcome back to the PCB Studios and AG's Convos. It's your man AG with who? Mr. Ken Smith. What up, dog? What's up, Mr. Miami? Uh, yeah. yeah, straight off the off the plane. Yeah, off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> got that extra chocolate. You got man. that. You got a little extra extra crispy this weekend. I didn't got black, bro. <laughs> black, black, blacker than black. How was the trip, man? Oh, amazing. Yeah, we had, we had an amazing time, man. It was uh, oh my god, Ocean Drive is amazing. Yeah, uh, uh, the beach is amazing. That was my first time actually at the ocean. Really? Yeah, I've never been to the ocean. Yeah, it's a different like, thing. It's a different I've feeling, seen it, ain't it? Yeah, in the air because I've been on a plane and I've seen it. I've seen the ocean. Like, oh, I see it. Right. Never actually got in there. Right. And when you get in there, you like. Oh God! It's right. the ocean. Right, fishes is literally swimming by my feet. Right, it's crazy. Right, and if you <laughs> if you look hard enough, you might see a shark or a dolphin. I think I or did who, though. Yeah. I, I put down everything. It was a little small one. I was walking back, and I was I ain't had my phone with me at the time, but I'm walking back and. I look down, I'm looking at the little fishes, and because I'm mesmerized by that. Right. Then this little fish roll past real, real fast, and I'm looking like, that looks like a little bitty tiny shark, man. I ain't look like no regular fish, because I seen the regular fish. Right. They were big, too. They were huge. Right. But they were just in little groups of like four or three, and they just, and if you come near them, they instantly swim away four, from right, you. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was just, it, it was a great little thing yeah miami's a lovely place man oh my god i loved it yeah uh we did uh it was a a condo that collapsed down there yeah like that had to happen that happened the day we were leaving we were leaving it happened thursday morning early in the morning it happened early in the morning so uh while everybody was asleep, because it was still dark outside. Right. Obviously. Oh, really? Well, yeah. When see, it happened, I, I just heard the story earlier today. I haven't. I've been so busy. Yeah, if you, it's a video out of the building actually falling. So what caused it? They don't know the cause. They That's what I want to come yeah. out. Come, I want because it just randomly fell. Wow. It was a thirty, a hundred and thirty-six unit building, and fifty-five of those units fell. Wow. Like collapsed straight in to the, the middle ground. of the night. So people were in there and everything. It, it, they, I thought it was 150 uh, people or something like that. They were. They said 55 people were missing at one point in time, and then that number went up to like 90 something. Wow. So that's incredible. Uh, it it just was like, I mean, like wow. And we were on 21st Street mm-hmm. in Collins, 
It happened on like 89th Street in Collins. Okay. So down the street, way down the street. Right. Probably like hmm, maybe 20 minutes away from where we were at. Yeah. But down the street, and I mean, it just fell. And we woke up the next morning. Of course, we didn't know nothing about it in the morning. But once we got into our Uber to go to the airport, he had the radio on, and they started talking about it. Mm. And they was like, avoid Collins Road because it's a building collapsed. And we like, hold on, we was just on Collins. So that's when we researched and found out where. Right. And it was like, oh, that wasn't near us because we thought it was near us. Like, right. dang, we would have heard that last night because we was right. up kind of late. I was like, we would have heard that. But, um, yeah, my heart goes out to those people, man. Yeah, that absolutely, was, That's man. very, very crazy. And- Traumatizing. <sighs> you know, it, it don't take a lot. It don't take a lot to shift somebody's life, man, to, you know, you're in sunshine, you're in paradise, damn near. I mean, if you ever been to Miami, you know, that's just yeah, a lovely just, place to be. It's almost hard to be in a bad mood down there unless you're hard. really in the wrong part of town. I yeah. mean, and that, if, that'll get you. If you by the beach, there's not a wrong part of the town. Right. And this was really on the beach. having fun. If it was on Collins, it was yeah, right there. It was on the same. Collins, yeah. the next street over is the beach. Right. So... You know, these folks were living in these situations. This was a residential com- uh, condo. It yeah. wasn't a rental place or nothing like that. So, I mean, it could have been yeah, if, I guess if it they had been. some Airbnbs yeah. in there or something like that. But for the most part, this was somebody's home mm-hmm. on the beach, living a good life. And next thing you know, your whole world come crashing down. Came you know? down, dude. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm glad y'all made it home safe. Looked like you made it home on time. Your flights weren't affected by it, but a lot of families were. And uh, coincidentally, that's what this topic of the day is going to be about. You know, some of the things that uh, that's happening in the criminal justice system that can really affect people's families if they take a little bit of time to assess their situation. Mm. So, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is another installment of Links Not Chains. We're going to have Alonzo on here shortly. He's going to talk to us about something that uh, he brought to my attention that I don't think I really fully grasped until earlier today when we had another conversation about it. We've talked about it a couple times, but he he said a couple things earlier today, man, that just had me like, wait a minute, did I did I miss something the first time you brought this up? Because there's no way it can be that simple and there's no way this information can be buried that deep that we're completely missing out on it. So we're going to talk about. Not the get out of jail free card, but the get out of jail card that yeah. you can actually play and help your situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's He's been in there for a really long time. We know that almost 26 years now. He's done a lot of soul searching to try to better his situation. And in that search, he stumbled upon some information that I think has heavily contributed to the changes that I've seen in him in the last, let's call it three to five years. Mm. And I think those are the things that are driving his ambitions and his goals and his role in AV and coaches and on the podcast and, you know, that optimism that we see. Because I don't th- I don't know that I could be that optimistic after 25 plus years in jail. Yeah. At all. But something is driving this guy and he's about to call us in, uh, call us up and let us know what that is. So grab a notepad. We're going to hopefully learn something today, and sure enough, like clockwork, here he is, Alonzo Quinney. Hello? Alonzo Quinney. Yeah, yeah, 
What's going on, bro? What up, doe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Look at it. Sound effects already there. Link's not changed, baby. What's happening, brother? What's up? Oh, we mic'd up. We mic check. One, two. We on there. Yes, sir. How you doing, bro? Man, hey. Man, hey, man, it's hey, besides besides the weather, you yeah. know, that make the day seem so long. Yeah. I can't complain, man. I'm hey, I'm always busy, so Yeah, this rain ain't no joke. What's up with y'all? What's going on? It's 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 an interesting time, you know. We we back on the mic, always doing what we do. Looking forward to Zoe. Looking forward to some links not change conversations. And today's a good day because about what? 45 minutes, hour, hour and a half ago, we found out yeah. that uh, Derek Chauvin will actually spend some time in jail. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was a bit of a oh, shock. 22.5. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, that's the, that's the sentence, but of course, you know, they got guidelines, sentencing guidelines, so yeah. 15, but it's still a lot of time for uh, police who have had immunity. Right. Uh, and who have been living up under that guys for so long. Right. Know, Checks. Uh, yeah. With, Protections. Yeah, with no worries. It's like, you know, hey, you know, we targeting a certain community of people. Right. And I mean it's I mean that's just the that's the that's the hand of the law. Right. Well, I'm curious, you, you, you mentioned huh? sentencing guidelines. You know, you, you probably yeah. got a little bit more insight into that process than we do. How does that play into into this situation? Well, I'm saying, uh, looking at that, that he's an officer right? who's broken the law and the guidelines as far as up, up in that state, you know, is, is pretty much when a person is sentenced, like, you know, Ohio had a, a bill in called uh, Senate Bill 2. Right. And guys were forced to do pretty much, you know, 100% of their time, 80 to 100% of their time under that sentencing bill. Okay. Which was the bill that uh Bill Clinton and and and, and uh Biden have put together, uh War on Against Crime right. back in the day, right? So up there they have guidelines that say, <clears throat> you know, you only have to do uh, a minimum sentence. So that could be saying, say you only have to do seven months and fourteen days on a year, you know. Right. So it dropped him all the way down to to fifteen years, pretty much. So that's all the time he's required. Right. To serve, you know, uh, by law. So, but I mean, we, we got to understand that, the, you know, federal government, the DOJ, they, uh, the Department of Justice has, has filed charges, too. So he has to Yeah, against COVID, right, uh, right. Federal court. And about that federal court, see, the difference with that is when you have a guy who is operating under an oath, which is, you know, he's using a, the, the, the badge of colors under oath to uphold the Constitution and to protect it, you know. So when you violate the crimes or you violate a crime under that under that oath, then you automatically go federal. Right. And it's just like saying a federal employee at the post office or something trying to smuggle drugs through his his uh his department, then you know he would face charges in that uh you know for that with the feds. Same way with I mean a murder, you know uh, a federal agent. 
committing murder or a federal a person who has violated the constitution and uses badge of color the fed, federal government pick it up then now you're talking about a, 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 probably a life sentence right you know possibly so i mean this this like they said on tv man uh like the family said it's a win and uh they had quoted malcolm x as far as saying hey if you was the six stick six inches in my back you know, and you was to take our foe, you know, I still got two inches in my back. Right. You know, uh, so, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's about accepting, I think, you know, the, 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 the love for the family, you know, that, that right. it's some type of justice for them. Right. You know, after losing a family member that way for nine minutes in, in X amount of seconds. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciated Judge Cahill for acknowledging that during the sentencing as well. You know, he made it a point to basically say, you know, the, the if anybody needed closure in this, it was the family. If there's anybody we're feeling sorry for, it's the family. You know, the city, the county, the, the state, the country was affected by it, but nobody nearly as much as the family. So, you know, he, he he's, a, he's a humble, I mean, for a judge... He seems to be rather connected to the emotional elements of his job, you know, and he's still very, yeah, he's still very by the book about how he do his job. But I, you know, and I've been following his story. I had to read up on him a little bit because I didn't know what kind of guy he was, who he was appointed by and all of that. But he's been very, very balanced and very even killed in how he goes about doing his job. So I respect him for that. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, sorry, go ahead. I think uh, the, the whole process, the whole process, the way that the American people handled it, man, it's like we came together. It was a unified collective. Of course, you want to have people uh, against uh, uh, the movement that's going on out there. But mm-hmm. however, when you see America come together, man, that's what makes us a great, a great people. You know, a yeah. great culture, a great country is the fact that it wasn't just blacks it was whites it was chinese it was all different cultures and creeds that came together that this country is built up of that say hey man you know that was a little that was a little bit too much you right. know uh, and if this type of stuff has been going on then you know what am i uh, uh receptive to or do we get out like that for real is that how we because i mean some people just didn't know that that type of stuff you hear about it but when you see it with your own eyes yeah it's hard to deny it then right you start paying just a little bit more attention to past situations and you know we just had juneteenth and then that they went back to a, a history uh way before that about uh black wall street right so now you get to seeing like how okay man now this is because, you know, even on Black Wall Street, the police helped that uh, situation transpire. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we you did know, so. we did dig into that a little bit a couple of weeks ago okay. when it was when we came up to the anniversary. You know, 100-year anniversary of an event that so many black people were completely unaware of even happened. And yeah. even more white people, you know, were yeah. completely unaware of the fact that it happened. But, you know, it, it, it when you hear the issues of race, which constantly comes up in conversation but when you hear the issue of race being discussed as frequently as it is you can understand some people's frustration like god man are we ever going to stop talking about this but then you come to realize that they're not even really aware of the conversation you know they just know that there's something to talk about they don't realize how extensive it is how far back it goes 
And then it's like, well, listen. Well, that's due to cover up, though, too. Cover oh, up. absolutely. You control the media and, and people, uh, I mean, just look how it was proposed in the media. You right. know, that it was uh, basically that it's, it's us against them. <laughs> you know, so that right. also put people to arm themselves, you know. And, absolutely. Uh, shoot, we can step way back, uh, step up a little bit to Juneteenth. You know, one of the things I was able to do in here is uh, before it was even made a federal holiday, I had already put up flyers and posters that AV was going to host an event. You okay. know, and I worked with the staff inside of the institution. And so we didn't even know that it was going to become a holiday. But one of the things that we did and what I had sent out to coaches, and uh, you were aware of that, was the uh, Emancipation Proclamation. Right. You know, the Proclamation of Emancipation. And the 13th Amendment. So we sat in here, bruh, and we read that uh, right. Lincoln's proclamation. And it was just so much valuable information, even freeing of people uh, with no education, you know. Right. Uh, after those conditions and the things that those people went through back then, still put the people at risk. Right. You know, speaking of that, you know, that that's a decent enough segue into what I wanted to talk about today. Um, you know, we've been trying to really kind of wrap our minds around the whole justice system as a whole, not just how it affects people, but how to actually work your way through it. And you brought up something that I think um, needs more attention is the simplest way to put it. You had made mention of essentially a roadmap to getting out of jail. I had heard you use this term about the eight criminogenic domains a couple of times, and I really didn't oh, yeah. understand oh, yeah. what it was. So a little <laughs> earlier, you, you know, you and I were talking offline and you mentioned it again. And I was like, hey, man, what exactly does that mean? And as you started talking, I was like, OK, stop talking. We got to put this on the air because this is something that I think is obviously wow. it's not new, but it's extremely resourceful information so i want to give you the floor man i really want you to dig into this a little bit with some detail and some clarity you ain't got to spend eight hours talking about it because there are eight domains okay. but i do want to make sure we fully understand not only what the eight domains are but how utilizing them in your rehabilitation process affects your chances of getting out of jail so it's on you bro well the, the, the eight criminogenic domains are reentry approved and part of the ORAS. And what the ORAS is, is the Ohio Risk Assessment. So this system is designed uh, to gauge, you know, your, 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 your risk to the community. Okay. And it's based on history, of course, so if you got a criminal history and several other factors. But these eight criminal genetic domains <clears throat> start off with employment and education, substance abuse, family, your associations with, or, or you know, your social interactions. So, okay. you know, your, friends, you hang around, right. your community function, personal and emotional orientation. So, you know, your personal, uh, how you deal. And yeah, then, of course, coping attitude. mechanisms and all that, right? Right, right, right. So, these the domains cost, you know, cover pretty much the, 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 I mean, everything that you can think of that a person may be lacking upon entering into the system. Right. And one of the things that I learned, which was something that I didn't know, but is that this has been policy. So these are the rules of, of, of 
the laws that we have, we are up under inside of a ODRC. Okay. And what I got out of this, when I had uh, went to the parole board and I had received more time, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't find them like, you know, hey, uh, what it was, what, you know, what did I do or what do I need to be doing? You know, right. was the biggest question. So when I, you know, it, it forced me to go find out. Okay. And one thing I did, I said, hey, man, you know, I jumped into the library. Uh, I wanted to be a part of the reentry department. I wanted to, you know, see what should I be doing, you know, towards my life. And it's, you know, when you come in prison, you know, you got like three different factors that you're dealing with. Some people, most of us have mental issues, you know, mm. or substance abuse issues, or just, you know, uh, functionally illiterate, period. Right. So these are just three phases that people could be experiencing upon entering the system. So you don't automatically want to change your life. <laughs> you, know right. what I'm saying? you know that you just messed up and the consequences are real. And you start experiencing the, uh, the, the you know, the accountability phase of, you know, whatever crime you committed. So let me tell you about these eight criminal genetic domains. When I, once, once I start engaging them, I start seeing, hey, how real and how close on point that they were with the average criminal. You know, it's just the average guy. So these eight criminal gender domains are rules and regulations, policy and procedure, laws that we should follow and that we should be addressing. And mm -hmm. it's strictly the emphasis that you place on these eight criminal gender domains. That, so that determines what? Huh? That determines what? That emphasis determines what? That emphasis determines how you want to live your life. Okay. You know, it determines, that emphasis determines how are you focused on bettering yourself in any form or fashion, in any way. Right. And then from a victim awareness standpoint, you know, this is all about, you know, positive and negative aspects, you know. And that could be of your work history, you know, your job performance, mm -hmm. you know, drugs. Like I said, drugs is number two substance abuse, how well you maintain uh, 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 a good rapport or relationship with your family, mm -hmm. you know, your development, pretty much, you know, your dependent, you know, because you, you become dependent. And all of these things that you lack, that we lacked out there, these are, by you being incarcerated, these are self-imposed limitations. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So for a person who don't even understand what he should be doing, Unless you can read, unless you have something going on around you to bring your awareness to this, then you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. Right. And I guess and that was that was the interesting part. Know. Yeah, that was the interesting uh -huh. part about the conversation we were having, because, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, OK, a guy goes to jail for whatever it was, drug trafficking, assault, battery, whatever the situation was, two, three years in. You know, he goes up before the parole board and they ask him, OK, what makes you more, you know, a less of a threat to the community? And only thing he can say is I haven't gotten in trouble while I've been in here. But if they've got these eight, you know, criminal criminogenic domains, as you mentioned, the, these are the these are the, the the landmarks upon which you're being measured. If you haven't addressed these eight topics, then it don't matter what you did or didn't do in here. You're stuck. So if I can't see growth in all of these eight methodologies, then you remain a prisoner. Is ultimately what I got out of the conversation we had earlier. Is that is that fair to say? This is 
I mean, you you hitting it on the head. So I mean, it's 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 a it's a these 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 needs. These are needs. Right. These are criminogenic needs. These needs are in play. Right. But it's not. I I just believe that our counselors are. This is an overwhelming situation. Like when I first got locked up, they had something called the portals, dots portals, and raps. Okay. And these all were uh, risk assessment tools, but you did assessments with your case managers like every 90 days, or they would have programs created. This was one of the reasons, this was the reason why I created AV, because mm. AV speaks, speaks specifically to my needs, my domains. Okay. Education and employment, the lack of it, you know, substance abuse, in a sense, you hear me? But right. just having an open mind and focused on communication. My lack of communication right. was, my, to me, my barrier. And that was due to being having antisocial behavior and an attitude right. that, hey, if you ain't on what I'm on, then forget what you're doing. Like, you're, you know, whatever you had going on didn't, didn't matter or didn't count because it wasn't what I was doing. And that's kind of like the stupidest way in the world to live. And that's what makes crime so bad. Right. You feel me? So it, it, everything is fixable if you only know Right. So what I start doing when guys come into the program off top, we do a survey, you know, and it's based around uh, your attitude that you have towards employment and education okay. and how bad you want it, what you want to do. Because, of course, coaches, which is my community partner, what they do is we send those surveys out and then they jump on the J phase. So now you got access to the Internet because any information you're looking for, it ain't so far away now because right. it's just a JPay away and these are people who are helping you that don't know you but right. since you are focused on your education and employment hey now you can address that need in that domain right. now, substance abuse you got to go to recovery service for that and I encourage that too and that was the purpose of me taking uh, a course in CDCA training right. which is chemical dependency counselor assistant now even though I can't get the certification Right. I can get a certificate for completing a 40-hour uh, process, and that costed me $263. Wow. So I had to sacrifice to address this domain. Right. And, of course, you know I had to build a, a better rapport with my family, so that came with forgiveness and amends. Right. And I had to step down on that very hard because not only did I affect the lives of, 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 of my victims, but I affected the lives of my community and my family as well. Right. You know, so now when you're talking about my social interaction, like we, like I was speaking earlier about uh, uh, Juneteenth, right. uh, uh, like I was speaking earlier about uh, we did, we also did Memorial Day. So I'm doing pro-social activities to bring people together. Right. Whether you're black, you're white, it doesn't matter. We're all in here together. And the only way to have a strong unit in recovery is you got to unify. Right. You know, and, and, and that's irregardless of what your belief is, man. You know, and that's one thing that COVID-19 did for us in this unit. Hey, we was locked in here together. So I know, I, I got to know everyone in the pod. So how can I live around a person and I don't acknowledge that person? Right. So that builds uh, the social integrity. Then your community function, it, all, it also ties into that. You know, living a, 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 a crime-free life. You know, living in the community and, and bringing people together and we're all having, you know, we have diversity discussions, man. Right. Diversity discussions. So what and I'm hearing, when I did, uh-huh. sorry, so what I'm hearing is that you've become aware of these eight criminogenic yes. domains. And it was like, oh, okay, yes. so a light bulb kind of went off. So it's like, if this is what you're going to judge me by, bulb. 
Yeah, if this is what you're going to judge me by, this is what I need to measure. You seen the lights come on at the stadium when they hit one off the park. <laughs> <laughs> Them the type of lights that you ain't right. supposed to be sitting in front of. Right. <laughs> you might get murked. Right. That's what's going on with my life right That's now. I'm living by these. I'm living by these eight criminogenic domains, and this is how I address the ORAF system. Right. And the thing about the ORAF system, this is a whole nother topic. But the whole key is your attitude, man. Your attitude, even though it's the last eight criminogenic domain on this paper, to me, it's number one. Because if you don't have an attitude towards uh, self-improvement, yeah. you have to have an attitude against crime, man, right. period. And that's what this showed me because of everything that it affects. And I'm talking about consequences. And you're not talking about crime in the sense of do it and you go to jail. You're talking about crime in the sense of negative actions as a whole. I'm talking about negative actions as a whole. It don't make sense. Right. When you can work, when you can uh, 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 take care of yourself, because mm -hmm. that's number one, so that you can do something for others, when you can do something for a person that is in need, that's a conscious mind state. That's a rational mind state. That's a loving mind state. Right. You know, and that's all I push. And one of the things that I find myself caught up in right now is the fact that, you know, the, the staff, uh, are working more and more in hands-on with me because they can't gauge the the crowd, you know. And that's another reason why AV was created, so that we can have a program, man, that, hey, once we figure out that we, you know, that these people that work in these places are not the police. <laughs> right. They just have titles, and they are, they, they got jobs, they are regular people just like us. Right. And you have to change that way of thinking man because that way of thinking is like it's bad it's super bad because you can't separate the two you know and right. i and, and and i used to get the the ugly stairs i used to get the you know the bit and all that but the walk superseded all that man the love superseded all that now everyone comes to me for advice that's what's you up. know and i and i give them the best advice i can i want to tell everybody out there that's listening if you would know somebody that is incarcerated in Ohio that you care about, that you love, and you want them to do better for themselves, point them in this direction. Right. Let them know about these eight criminal genetic domains. Tell them to go to the library, to the reentry department, you know, and, and get more information about and, and, and what's going on and what they should be doing as far as reintegrate back into society. Then tell them to go to the law library and get the policy and procedure on reentry. Yeah. So that they can find these eight criminal genetic domains. They on page nine and ten. <laughs> right. And O two reentry. Yeah. So if you look up the reentry assessment planning, then you will find these domains in the law library. You so know what? What I'm gonna also do, man. I'm gonna get a copy of that document and i'm gonna post it on the ag convos podcast facebook page because that's something that it took me a minute to find it you and i were on the phone for a while earlier and it took me yeah. a minute to find it but once i found it and read it i'm like and you could tell it's literally their checklist and yes, it it's you, you kind of get the feeling that it's sitting in front of every judge as they're listening to this parole hearing 
and they're going down this checklist and they're saying, did he do this? Did he do that? And this is what's ba- this is what they're basing their questions off of. You can see it because I've I've watched enough movies and I've sat through enough hearings to know what they're actually measuring people against, to know when they're asking questions, looking for certain answers. It's almost like and, a disposition. And, and see, one thing about, I'm going to tell you also, though, one thing, and, and for the listeners out there, one thing about these eight criminogenic domains, you can't fake them. Right. You cannot yeah. fake them. You have to apply these to your life. Right. And when you do the work, it's like going to a meeting with an empty briefcase, right? Mm-hmm. You look the part, look good. Hard bottoms on, they hear you coming down the hall. <laughs> you know, you got that, you got your Cartier's on, smelling good. You got that, uh, 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 that, that Savage, you know, you rocking that Savage, you know. Uh, but as soon as a question is asked, yeah, you go deer in the headlights, that right? You don't have the answer to, it's going to show, right? What you've been doing, what you've been working on. So you must do the work. And I advise people to don't waste any time. Don't wait to know two years before you go home. Don't, uh, 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 no, start today. Get in church or, you know, whatever religion that you may have or you may believe in, start reading. Because you're going to need some insight stronger than that of normal men. Right. You're going to need some, some insight from a power greater than yourself. And that can be another person, but at the same time, it has to be somebody that is in tune with this, in right. tune to reentry, in tune to uh, stepping up your game Improving, as far right. as for your life. You because know, once you step up the game for your life, then you step up the, the, the life expectancies of those around you. I want to take, I want to take your, your request one step forward. I think it's 100% important, important that uh, people listening to this reach out to their loved ones in the system and say, hey, do some homework, learn what you can about these eight criminogenic domains. But I think it's significantly more important that those individuals do a little bit of homework themselves because it's real hard. You know, I it took you explaining it to me in order for me to really in order in order for me to really see value in it. But, well, I'm y- glad you said that yeah. because it's a reason why these eight criminogenic domains are important. It's a reason. Mm-hmm. And the reason for them is because they have a system called the ORAS assessment system. Mm-hmm. And it's a scoring guide, right? Mm-hmm. And what this scoring guide does is <laughs> it's an assessment done by a counselor and a student. And what they do is they evaluate you on on your intake. It's like an intake in, in a sense. So they evaluate you on three sections. And the first one is criminal history. Mm-hmm. Now, your criminal history could could uh, could have at least, I'm, and I'm going to say at the least, 15, I ain't going to say that much. I'm going to say probably eight different criteria. Mm-hmm. One of them would be, you know, most serious arrests. The next would be like your age of your first arrest, prior commitments if you ever been a juvenile, and this this is a point system, mm-hmm. you know that you're you're gauged on. Right. And the thing about this point system is, guess what? It never changes. Right. So once you are assessed coming into prison, it never changes. So dudes or individuals, females and men who are locked up up under this ORAS system, right? Mm-hmm. Who 
don't know that they should be working on themselves or they should be uh, 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 performing meaningful activities, which have to do with true change, then they can have a system of a moderate. Right. They can have a high assessment. And this risk is weighed against your risk, risk of, uh, you know, committing another crime. Right, recidivism. They call it recidivism. Right. So... And I, I, when I saw that, that, that's what was interesting, because to your point. Yeah. And guess you, what else? Well, I was going to say, when you, when you come in. So it, sorry, if, go ahead. You, okay, I'm sorry. So if you say when you're doing this assessment, this intake, right? right. And you're not truthful. then what that does is it makes you a low because, hey, you don't have too many problems by your own word of mouth. Now, they might even take a little bit background from the history of what they may have in computers that's right in front of them, but if you're not honest about uh, different things, then you can't even address these issues, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like a double-edged sword, because you can cheat yourself, because then you won't be available for programs that are out there for guys that have a moderate or a high risk. They'll come come up before you, so you can hurt yourself. Right. But then you can help yourself, because, hey, if you're honest, then if you are a moderate or a high risk, then these programs are available to you. Right. You know, and you can get involved and you can start engaging. But you can't engage these things if you don't understand the reentry assessment, those eight criminogenic domains, which I advise and implore every individual to address all of them. Some people might be like, I ain't use no drugs out there. If you ever took a drink, if you ever smoked some weed, If you ever party with your friends, then that's a potential substance abuse disorder. Right. Because it can get worse, depending on how you address your issues personally. That's why they have the personal orientation in there. Because if you don't put that onion open, then you don't know it's thing, right? Right. You don't burn your eyes. And so the next thing that I do in AV, guess what? I buy everybody a a notebook. And I say, hey, man, I'll start them off. I say, hey, my name is... Alonzo Quinney. All right. I'm 43 years old and I got incarcerated, yada, 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 yada. Right. And uh, I think my earliest memory is, and I'll leave it right there, and I give everybody 20 to 30 minutes, about 25, 20 to 25 minutes to just write. Right. And I'm like, let it flow, man. Just whatever comes to mind, just let it flow. Don't try to make it sound good because I don't want to look at it. Right. It's for you. You know what I'm saying? Just let it flow. And I'll do this every class, man. Take that little time so you can start filling this notebook up. And I want you to do it even when you're outside of class, Right. you know, before we meet. You know, so once you put your life on paper, you'll start seeing the ugly. You'll mm-hmm. start seeing the things that you are made of, the things that you did. And like I said, you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. So there's things in there that can be fixed if you address them. And that's how those eight criminogenic needs a fall into play because I know ed- lack of education uh, hindered me. Right. You know, I didn't have the same opportunities that I may have had like you did, you and Ken, you know, uh, just from going to school, just from educating yourself, just from becoming an engineer, you know what I'm saying, a musical genius, you <laughs> know, a yes, uh, 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 coach consultant, you know what I'm saying? Right. But at the same time, right now, I'm a rehabilitative specialist. I've been doing this for the last 26 years. Right. You got more tenure than we do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I ain't want to point the way else on. You know, <laughs> got both my hands up. 
<laughs> but it's but it's uh, I think it's super important that people pay super attention, close attention to what you just said, which is that if you mislead the courts by saying, nope, I didn't do any of these things, there's nothing wrong. Okay, well, then you still committed these crimes despite being so low on the totem pole. How can we expect you to re- to improve yourself? Because like you said, if you come in and say, nope, you know, I've I got 12 points, for instance. My earliest, my earliest um, criminal activity was at 19, you know, it, so that's only one point as opposed to two points if it was before 16 or 15 or whatever the number is. That number will never change. 50 years from now, you still went to jail the first time at the same point. 50 years from now, you still committed the same crime or you still spent as much time in school as you did or whatever the actual question was that they're asking you about. So that number, that first number will never change. So if that number can never change, how can you improve yourself around that history if you're fudging the numbers? It's a catch-22. So you're better off to say, yeah, I'm a high risk on my way through the door, but I've done these things since I've been here to prove that my risks have been lowered because I've committed myself to improving my eight criminogenic domains. So now when you're on your way out the door, they have nothing to go on but what you've done since you've been in there. But you can't you can't do that if you don't know that. And I I just I'm curious how many prisoners are even aware that these are measuring sticks that you're being judged by. Well, well I'm gonna tell you this: I have made this aware to a lot of people, but only the ones who really see it or gauge it. Mm-hmm. After I didn't, you know, not try to drill it in, just be motivational, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm walking it. You know, that's why, man, it's, it's just certain things I don't do, man. It's, it's a lot of things I don't do anymore that I once did when I was in, in, in prison. Right. Uh, uh, sitting up, wrecking, playing cars is one of them. You know, uh, I just don't waste time anymore because there is no time to be wasted. And people have to see that. They, they need to see that change. But I'm going I'm to give you all this. There is an override in the system, too. But that can only come from what? Yeah, you got to sell it. It got to come from the walk. It got to right. come from the walk, man. You, you got staff who document 24-7. We on cameras 24-7. You cannot fake this. Right. So just like the parole board, just like the court system, why should I let you go, right? Just like these staff members that work inside of the institution, why should I write up an override for you? Why? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You can't fake it. It's just, I mean, it's that simple. It's that simple. The light came on for me, and it it, it, it caught me in in my time of true change, Mm. you know, with the Lord, with myself, with being open-minded, you know, with being honest, and with being willing to take the uh, blows, you know. uh, Oh, man, you know I've been called house niggas. Not to my face. You know, (laughs) soundboards. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I get it all. You can't say stuff about people if you don't want it to get back to them. So, I mean, right. I didn't hurt it, but it doesn't it doesn't bother me because I just show people love, man. I don't care who you is. That's the key, brother. I don't care what, 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 your, what your attitude, your sex is. I ain't, man, I ain't got nothing to do with that. That's your life. Right. But if you want some help, I got it for you, man. Come and all the people I deal with, this is what we do. Hey, 
we go we go probably touch on this topic a couple more times moving forward. But like I said, in the okay. meantime, I'm gonna do a little homework. I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post that document. Links not changed. <laughs> I'm gonna post that document, man, so people know where to go look for it. Yeah, and, so they know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about too. The Absolutely. domains and the ORAS system. That's right. It's a lot of work, but we keep it basic. That's right. Everybody out there, God bless you. We love y'all. Keep listening in. Turn sure. everybody else on to us. We doing real work. That's right. Hey, I appreciate the you, man. Of the future. That's right. Sure. Yeah, that's that's pretty good information uh, that he's giving out. Um, didn't even know that that was a thing. Right. <laughs> That's like real crazy that um, people think that you just sit around and you really just stick to just yourself. Just wait your time, right. And wait it out. And when you get in front of the parole board, you think like, well, I haven't got in trouble. So what will they say? That just, they just going to let me up out of here. But they still judge you by that, that crime that you committed. But it, it, it sheds light on the fact that it's referred to as the Department of Correction or Rehabilitation and Corrections. Right. And we don't understand the Rehabilitation and Corrections part because we don't realize how much activity is supposed to take place in there. Yeah. But like he said on the previous episode, you could come in here, you can go to your cell, not say anything to anybody, not interact with anybody, just do your time, go to the mess hall, go to the gym, go... You know, walk the tracks, you know what I mean? Get your exercise in. And then when your three years is up or five years or whatever it is, you go to the parole board and say, I have literally been a model inmate. I haven't gotten in trouble. I haven't gotten into a fight. I didn't throw anything at anybody. But guess what? You haven't addressed any of these issues. You haven't made any corrections. So you haven't corrected anything. All you did was just sit there. This is the Department of Corrections. Not correcting you for what you did wrong, but you correcting yourself for what got you in here in the first place. And if you haven't corrected yourself because you've done nothing other than just sit there, and that means you haven't been rehabilitated from the crime you committed that got you arrested. So how are you any less of a threat to to the public now than you were the day you were found guilty of committing a crime? You're not. So do that mean they add time? Well, I guess that's relative you know if we got empty sales or we need the, they, they can do what they want to do but the fact of the matter is if you got an argument to make and you're making your argument based on your knowledge of those eight criminogenic domains and saying i know that i have addressed these eight things so in addition to not getting in trouble or despite the fact that i got in trouble in the beginning i've done these things in the last 70 percent of my time here <clears throat> That needs to be taken into consideration. Yeah. And if you can document participation, um, social interaction, you know, knowledge of self, education efforts, yeah. going to classes and doing all these things, what are they going to say? You're still, a th- I done done everything that this system has to offer me. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna second guess your, what you're saying anyway by asking staff and exactly. everyone in there, is this true? Right. And if they, everybody like, yeah, that's exactly what he does in here. Right. Well, now you have no justification to hold. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that he stays visible and he stays active and he's reaching out of the prison literally into our world. That's why yeah. he's on this show. That's why coaches exist. That's why he's doing the things he's doing. So it can't be denied because he can get letters from outside, which he has to his um, um, corrections officers or whoever it might happen to be and say, these are the things that Alonzo is doing or how he has helped us out here. 
it's the best case is the inmates that go through AV and then get out of jail. And then they get out there and they write a letter back to him saying he's the only reason I'm out here yeah. because he walked me through these processes. And he, you know, so he's he's building the story. Yeah. He's getting to that point. Now you just need an opportunity to get in front of a judge and say, yeah, yeah you know, I've been here for 26 years and I might have blown the first 10, 15, but this is what I've done in the last five, yeah. 10, 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where you start to turn the tide. So, mm. you know, when he brought this stuff up, man, I was like, man, and, and don't get me wrong. Like he said, you can't fake it. Yeah. And I think that's important because there's a lot of people out here that can fake, you know, education. Oh, I went to class. Here's proof that I was in the classroom. Yeah, but you failed. You failed. Right? So you, you, you might have went in there, but all you did was be present. You know, you, you, you got perfect attendance and you got yeah. horrible scores. You came every day saying that you're trying to change your life but didn't participate in nothing right. to make so your you life So you can't better. fake it. Yeah. And I get that. And I think that's where coaches can, or coaches, where AV can really help some of these inmates because it, it it's trying to draw you out of the mindset that says, you know, be sneaky and be, you know, be conniving and try to beat the system or get over on the rules long enough to get out of here only to probably find yourself back in here because you didn't really learn anything. You were not rehabilitated. Mm -hmm. You did not correct anything. You just bid your time. Yeah. You did your bid. So I, I was, I was so like, mind boggled when we were having this conversation. And again, this ain't the first time we brought it up, but it was the first time I really dug into it to get a better understanding of what it meant. So, you know, and as we were talking about the whole Derek Chauvin thing earlier, he's in the same boat. Yeah. All he's got to do is do those, is things. those things. And because earlier than what did he just say? They just said, right. Because the fact of the matter is, the the eight criminogenic or excuse me the ORS system that he was referring to, the risk assessment system, the Ohio risk assessment system that was started actually in the University of Cincinnati. There was a group out of the University of Cincinnati and a couple other universities that did this research back in two thousand and six, mm. and that's how this program got developed. Oh wow! And then it got implemented by ODRC, and now it's accessible in like, there's like an entire network of states. There's a department of, um, I think it's a department of justice program facilitating specifically these re-entry uh, re rehabilitation services. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a widely acknowledged thing that can be utilized anywhere in the country and judges or lawyers that understand it can lean on these risk assessment programs and say, this is what my client has done, you know, to better his situation. And in Ohio, this is how it's being implemented. And in Nebraska, this is how it's being implemented. So we want you to consider it in his parole. There's nothing stopping Chauvin from just being a model citizen. And a model citizen, now that I understand this, isn't the citizen that stays out of the trouble, that stays below the radar. It's the citizen that addresses these eight criminogenic domains yeah. and gets out of jail. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting, you know, to see how people respond to this. There's a couple of uh, prison groups, like Facebook groups that I'm a part of. And I do want to post that document and maybe post this episode on there just so they can. Because I, I know for a fact these people don't know this don't stuff. Don't know nothing about Because I've never once heard that phrase referenced in any any capacity. He's the first person I ever heard say it. 
wow. ever heard say it. So it's like, if they knew, would their situations be right? Because right? they would definitely be better inmates because they will have a complete change of mentality about how they spend their time. Yeah, in I jail. think a lot of people just don't want to though. Don't want to just don't want to change because yeah. just like he said, he's told a lot of people about it while yeah. he's in there, right? And still, only uh, uh, it's a lot of people, but a handful of people, according to the population in there, right. will take the initiative to actually go through the process. Right? He said it's a hard process, but mm-hmm. you have to take yourself through it. Right? And, and you can't. I think it, right? people don't want to see that part of themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they don't want they they want to just keep having the same image. Like right. oh when I get up out of here I'm gonna be straight. Right. I'm gonna have my same or, or mentality. I'm gonna be the same person. Right. And I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna try to stay out of trouble. Right. No, you have to change change though. And to your point, sometimes the hardest person to face is the man in the mirror. Yeah. Especially you. when you're in that environment. I mean, I'm pretty sure that would work for people out here that ain't even in jail. Exactly. That I can was, actually take that. And I was be literally like, thinking the same thing. Let me thing. see who I really am. You know right. what I'm saying? And how I can correct myself outside. You know yeah, because it, it don't have to be based on crime. It doesn't yeah. have to be based on jail time. It's really just all personality based. Because if you look at it, a personal effort based, I, I can understand. See, Zoe, he has changed so much. I, and I don't even know this guy. Right. Like, never met him in my life other than on the pod. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I can already I can already tell that he changed, like, so, so much, though. Right. Because of just his history. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I was in here and I was doing everything under the sun. And it's right. like, oh, you was bad, bad. Right. And that's why I said, remember, I said it went the first time he was on. If I was, if you had talked to him back in the day, and never heard from him again because he went to jail. If you were somebody I grew up with, mm-hmm. and then I told you, "Hey, Alonzo's going to come on and do a podcast with me," you'd be like, "Dude, why would you want to put him on your show?" You would not, right? I don't want to be on there, right? I don't want, I don't <laughs> want that association. But you never would see this coming. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's what makes me proud of him because I know what kind of he came effort it yeah. took for him to get to where he's at. Dude, I, I man, he is amazing. He's an amazing dude, like, and he's a prisoner. And the way Which he means talked, we even, count though, these people even out. the way he talked to—I mean, even the, he, in the way he talked to anybody—you yeah. would think that he was just like a real, true-to-life boss. Like, right. dude, I lived this. Right. But he's been in jail for twenty-six years, dude. He ain't never had a boss. He ain't never had a boss. I mean, he had a job, but he ain't never had a boss. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you would think that he basically run the jail. Like, I run this jail. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he does in a positive way. Right. Like all of his influences are positive. Everything I do is positive. They they call me a house nigga for a reason because I'm the most positive thing walking around this boy. (laughs) But guess what? That's what's gonna get him out of there. But he'll be outside. He adjusted all his issues. He'll love his family more. He'll love his friends more. He'll he'll love life more. And he'll be an asset to the community because he'll get out and see what's going on and and try to find a way to fix it. And pass this message forward. Yes. The whole goal is to get out and stop people from going in by saying, just focus to your point. You ain't got to be a prisoner to be exposed to these things. You're already a criminal. Think about your life under these eight guidelines. Make these adjustments before it's too late because you it only takes one mistake and you're in there and you may not care why you're in there or you may not even have time to find these things out yeah. because that system can eat you alive. But to your point earlier, there is a 
there is a self-reflection element that these guys have to come to grips with, mm -hmm. which is why I said I think it's important for the people out here, the family members, the loved ones, the relatives, the spouses, to say, hey, look, I was made aware of this, you know, from somebody in a different prison or in a different state, wherever they get this information or wherever they're passing this information forward, I heard these things, I did the research. You may not believe in yourself, but I believe in this process and I believe that you need to do this for me. Even if you don't care enough to do it for yourself, do it for me and see what kind of difference it can make. You got, yeah. you got 15 years, five years, 25, whatever the number is, just start this process. And that's why he said, don't wait to start it because you never know. At any point they can say, well, we've got an overrun prison community. We need to identify 15% of our population that can get out of here. Well, if you can show that you started this process already and you've gotten, you've completed essentially the rehabilitation of four yeah, of these four eight of crim yeah, criminogenic domains, at least half. And, and you've only been in here for two years, we know we gave you 12, but you've done but you're this doing in two. so good, yeah. Right. Now you have an argument to say, no, I'm not through the process, but can I at least get a a consideration for early release yeah. because I am a different person. And if they I, say no, uh, you got eight, you got four more things to do right. before you, you, I mean, you, and you're just that much better off. Everything is always like, Oh, oh I, I'm hoping for yeah. the best right. in jail. When you're in jail, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to get out early. You don't know nothing, right? but you just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Even the opportunity to get in front of the board to even say something and right. say that, I did this and I did that shows that you're at a you're in a different you're space in a bit, now, right? In you know different what I'm state of mind. And it might not be this year that they say yes, but they might two years later they might say well, we're going to do it again to see if we can say yes this time, right? Well, what you got to lose? You have nothing to nothing lose. Nothing to lose. Are they going to do is say no, right? <laughs> and in the meantime, you're building the case. You're, you're building, building these and stories. you're educating yourself and you're, and you're, you're fixing and, right. yourself and you feel better about yourself. You feel better about right. everything. Is it's better. a win-win-win all yeah. the way across the board. I mean, you're the not participating in like he said. I don't even stay up for rec to play cards. Right. And that's <laughs> right. not really a crime. Right. But he got better things, things to, to do. do with this time. Exactly. I got better things to do than just sit and play cards with these guys. Right. And sit around. And that's what most people do to waste time. They they try to make the best of jail. Right. Instead of trying to make the best of making a better life for themselves. The best of free time. Yeah. The best of not having to take care of the kids and the best of not having to go to work on the schedule and the best of not having to deal with traffic or pay bills. Make the best of having nothing. Nothing. And do something. And do something. Do something constructive, something that can better your image, which will in turn give you an opportunity to argue your way out of this yeah. situation. Because that's exactly what you're going to have to do. Right. Because yeah. if it all failed, guess what? You're going to be in there for 8 to 12 anyway. Yeah. So you're still going to be in there for eight to 12. I would, I, I guess if it was me, I would rather go through this whole process and they say, sorry, buddy, but it don't matter what you do with your time. We're never going to let you out. Okay. Well, at least I feel better about myself. Yeah, I've know, completed these yeah. eight criminogenic domains. I might spend the last year playing cards. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, I've, I've done my part because now I can sit, play cards and have conversations with these people about what I've yeah. learned over and, the course of that And time. change some lives and have them exactly. start participating. Continuously paying it for. And they can be give good words of encouragement to them. Like, dude, if it wasn't for him, yeah, I'd have I, killed your ass I wouldn't <laughs> be out. I wouldn't be getting out. Right. And he's still in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's still in there and I'm getting out 
because of what, because he, told of what me. he told me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's been that's been the struggle for me. And I know it's something that's frustrated him, but you would never know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's so super duper just hype when he it, come it, on. It just it is what it is. He's come to accept that, you know, when it's his time, he'll get out. You yeah. know what I mean? But I've looked at I've looked at people that I know that we both know. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude. Such and such is in there? Yeah, man, he came in here, he did this, he did that, you know, but I'm going to get him in Navy and see what happens. Mm. You know, a year and a half, two years later, he's coming out of jail. Yeah, he's getting out of there. It's like, damn, how did he, I don't, well, I mean, he he either had a good lawyer, had a good story to tell, or a little bit of both. You know what I mean? It's like, damn. It didn't take much rehabilitation for him right. to get up out of here. Because his crime may not have been as serious, serious. or whatever the situation yeah, whatever, is, but whatever his serious it situation. works. Yeah. You know, the process works. But it's a, it's you got to know the process and you got to invest enough in yourself to undergo the process. And yeah, that's the he, key. He in there paying money just to take classes and do things that's just giving him a certificate and right. not even certification. Buying notebooks for complete, you know, for for strangers. or People. Right, yeah. I people, mean, they're family, they're neighbors now. Yeah. I just want to help you. You right. know what I'm saying? I want to help you identify your problems and get to the root of your problems so you can. Right get up out of here and be as model citizen as they want you to say. Right. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it's him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because despite what he's doing, he's still who he is. He like Jesus. Yeah. Like you, 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 <laughs> Jesus just helped so many people, but they still shunned him at the end of the day. Right. But what I'm getting at is, you know, he had enough self value and enough pride and enough cockiness about him to say, this is who I'm going to be, whether you like it or not. Now yeah. I'm not going to pick a fight with you, but I guarantee you ain't going to pick you one with me pick either. One with me. Right. Exactly. You know, so I didn't already made my name. I've already staked my claim as an inmate. Now I'm going to improve myself as a member of this community. Yeah. And you're going to respect me for that. Or you go respect these hands if I have to put them back yeah. on you. And you, we already know you don't want to go down that road because you tried that shit 15 years ago and you still got a and chip you got, tooth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we don't have to worry about <laughs> you that. You got that action. Right. So let's let's just move forward. I'm not trying to go back there. I'm not trying to take you back there. I'm trying to take both of us somewhere better. So let's grow in that yeah. space. And you, you can't help but respect somebody with that frame of mind. So, yeah. you know. I love it. I yeah. love it. Every time I hear his stories, like you see me sitting here, I ain't say nothing. You ain't say shit though. I'm just sitting here, just listening. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, it's like listening to a podcast with me. I'm just listening, <laughs> and it's giving me perspective of jail though, because yeah. I've never been. So it's like right. as he's talking, I'm kind of picturing it, you and I'm like, feel it, right? Oh my god, I don't know if I can go through that, man. Like, but it's not what it seems. But it's not what it seems. It's not just the blue outfits and the fighting over food and the. The shanks and the tattoos and the games. No, There's I'm just. So it much wasn't even. It that. wasn't even that. It was even the re rehabilitation of it. Right. He like it's not easy. It's really really hard. Right. It's a real hard process. But once you get through it, you'll feel totally better, and you might get up out of here. Right. It's and crazy. I was like, dang, what it's if like I did out. something and I'm in there and I'm like, all right, I got to serve all this time. But then I got to go through that whole process of trying to find out who I am and why I got in here and what I'm doing. It is something that makes you kind of scared, though. Like, right. I'm scared to find out who I really am, though. Right. Especially if you like a big time criminal. Right. And you like, oh, this might take me to a whole different space in life. 
But if you get over but the it, hump, right, and you get out of, and yeah. you get out, if you get over the hump of yourself and what you were and, and what you became now and okay. changed person and you don't get involved in all the other stuff no more and you just, I mean, I guess I I, I know it's a, a better thing. You know what I'm saying? I know everything Absolutely. will be good. Anything that helps you to become a better person will yeah. ultimately lead to better results. So, oh man, I can't. I but hats off to that guy and yeah. every other guy that he helping there. Absolutely. And the ones that pay it forward. And pay it forward. That, you know, they take that message to their cellmates and say, hey, look, I know you ain't doing this AV thing, but you really should, and here's why. You know what yeah. I mean? There's got to be some word of mouth growth of that group. And that's why I want to put word of mouth uh, um, information out here on the streets. Not necessarily for AV, because if you're not in Grafton, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if you got somebody in Le uh, Levittsburg or wherever else and you can say, hey, look, this is what they're doing over there. Ask your CEO to look into it or ask the warden to look into it. Or you can actually yourself say, hey, listen, warden, this is what's happening in Grafton. Can you implement something like that over there? Or can you make these books available to my son? in your law library or whatever, because this is information that I think is going to better. We got to get involved. Yeah. We got to get involved in that space. We can't assume that the prisoners are being listened to, let alone taken seriously. Yeah. And we definitely can't assume that the system is trying to educate them this way because we had never heard this before. Never. He had never heard it before. He'd stumbled upon some of this stuff, you know, so we know it's not, it's not general knowledge. Yeah, even even down to just going to the library in jail and find and, and there's a whole reentry department. Who a lot of people might even know that in there. Right. Like they don't even know it's a department that you can go to. Right. And get some information about how to better yourself and get out of here. Right. Now and we can't talk to them like I wish we could. Alonzo has never heard a single podcast. Yeah. In his life because they don't have access to that. But we could we could talk to their families mm -hmm. and that's who we need to listen. Just just for the people who are listening to this podcast that may not necessarily have a relative in jail or have a loved one in jail. I'm sure you know somebody that do give them this information. Hey, I know it's a long shot. You know, the guy's doing life in prison, but maybe he can start here, maybe go to a lower security prison once he better himself. Yeah. You know, so many of these prisoners deal with abandonment that they'll never believe somebody out here cares enough for them to even try to help them better their situation. Yeah. But imagine, you know, being that inmate who all of a sudden gets a visit from that brother or sister or mother that's like, hey, this might actually get you out of jail. Just your presence might be all the motivation they need to start yeah. the process. You know, you just never know, man. It don't take much effort. But Every If you go to jail and you have to do a lot of time, there's room for improvement. There's room room for change. There's room for a lot of that. A lot of the things that you think that, oh, I got thirty years in here. I'm gonna die in here. Right. That's not necessarily true. Right. If you get in there and do what you're supposed to do, you might only be in there for ten of those thirty. You have an argument. Yes, is the key. You have an argument. Do you, because you can't you can't go through that process and say, well, yeah, I killed somebody, but he had it coming. And then you go through these eight criminogenic domains and say, well, I understand now I did a bad thing, but he still had it coming. Yeah, that's not it didn't work. work. It, you didn't work the process no. because part of the process is owning and having that understanding of yourself and your social impact for taking that life. 
Did you see the video of the one dude who represented himself in court? With the crazy hair? With the crazy yeah. hair? Man, he was crazy. Yeah. And but he, was, he told his story, he told He told his story. And even the judge said it. She was like, you know, in another life, you'd have been a great lawyer. Yeah. But you're still going to jail. But you're going to jail. Yeah. It was his... It, 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 it was his... The way he presented it kind of yeah. was like, oh, he's crazy. Right. But what he was saying kind of made, made sense. Yeah, because I think it was his his girl, his kid, his girl and his kid were killed. And he said that he saw his girl kill his kid, so he killed her. Mm-hmm. That's the guy you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And and, the, and they act, I think his son was there, but they, yeah. he, and they, he said that they kind of forced his son to, to basically tell on him and say that he did it. Right. And he was like, that's not what happened, but they forced him to do that. Right. And I was like, oh, wow. But he said it. He, you know, he said, yes, I did kill her, but only because she had killed my child. You know, and that one doesn't justify the other, no. even if it is 100% no, true. No, it doesn't. And apparently the evidence suggested that he did both. I, you know, I didn't watch the whole case. I just saw that closing. I just and saw, I saw that. that I just saw how that clip, judge yeah. responded to it. But, you know, despite his crimes... That's probably a guy that could be rehabilitated. Yeah, I mean, of course he can. Because if yeah. he chose to represent himself in court. And came pretty close. And came, came, got some type of approval from the judge. Right. Any type of approval. She, like, lo- she was like, listen, was like in awe of that dude. Like, dude, you are, you made this great argument, but it was, I think it was too much, too much passion behind it. Yeah, he was Because he was animated. defending himself. Yeah. And so, being that it was so much passion behind it, it seemed very, very forceful. Right. Instead of him just explaining what was going on. And that's what she was, that's what I was watching. He still had that anger in his soul. She was telling him, you know, as good as you did in defending yourself, you still got a guilty verdict. And that's only because you don't understand the law. And she was like, I'm begging you to get an attorney to represent you from this point forward. Because... You need that legal need representation. That, yeah. And I don't know. I think that was for the sentence in part. And I don't know what decision he decided he made. But um, I guess he still got time. He got a couple of weeks or so before okay. they actually sentenced him. But right. maybe he come to his senses and get somebody else involved. But, yeah, it, that's, a, that's a scenario where, you know, people commit crimes. Yeah. We know that. Bad people commit crimes all the time and get away with it. Good people commit crimes all the time. Sometimes out of bad decision making, sometimes unintentionally. You know, Alonzo yeah. wasn't a bad person. Yeah. He just made bad decisions. You know what I mean? And that ultimately led to him being in the wrong place at the wrong time and thereby being a part of something that's got him in jail for the last twenty six years. Mm. And it's not a it's not a matter of he wasn't supposed to be there, but you know, there's better places to be than the place that gets you arrested, which yeah. makes it the wrong place. There's better times to be in that place than the time you got arrested, which is what makes it the wrong time. And at the time that at, at the pre- at the time that he was arrested, which was what, in the eighties? No, 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 no. 96, 90, 96, 95, 96, 96, 96. Terrible time to be arrested, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> well that's what he was getting at because that was so um Senate Bill two was introduced by Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And it was signed in the law by Bill Clinton, you know, mm. and a lot of people, a lot of black people, especially in that criminal justice system, 
hated the idea of Joe Biden being president because they're only in jail because of the law that he wrote, the crime yeah. bill that he wrote. Yeah. You know, but they can't vote because they're inmates in prison. Yeah. It's like I'd have been out by now if it wasn't for you. I would have done a portion of my time. I would have had all of these other opportunities to get out. But at the time, the issue was we're letting people out who are just re recommitting their crimes. So we need to find harsher ways to hold. And he said, you know, since for years now, it was a mistake. He had to say it a lot when he ran for president. Oh, it yeah. was a mistake. I, if I could go back in time, I would do it differently. And I am committing myself now to improving those documents and to improving those rules and those laws, which is why he got a former state attorney general as his vice president. Yes. A black one. Yeah. And a female. Yeah. You know, he's trying to show that I can admit my mistakes I can't give you back the time, but I didn't commit the crime you did, but right. I can at least make sure that you're given a fair shot from right. this And point there's forward. no reason to kind of, I mean, I could see you being bitter towards that guy, yeah. towards Biden, because, because he made that rule right. or he, he created he that field. It, right. But there's, there's no pointing fingers at somebody for doing something when you were the one that did the committed crime. the crime. And that's why he's where he's at, because he said it. He said that a couple of times, you know. I can't fault Biden for what I subjected I myself to. You know right. I'm saying, like, I mean, of course, he's it hindered me from getting out of here, but right. what I did landed me in, in here. here, right? And I could have just not done it and never and been a never part of the conversation. Part of that. Yeah, right. So it's a learning process, man. And you know, for him to have learned as much as he has and to have adapted and adjusted as much as he has, that's a sign that you know the process can work if you're willing to put in the work to make the changes. Yeah, so. He's putting those jewels out there. I hope people are listening. Uh, I, I I wish that I could have fed it to you six months ago when we started potting. You might be six months closer to getting out of jail, but it's out there now. I wish he'd known it six years ago, 16 years ago, and maybe he'd be in a better situation right now, too. But it ain't never too late to become better at what you're doing. So put in the time. Find the loved one that you care about. Get them this information, and hopefully you can see your family back out on the street again, too. I appreciate everybody listening in. This is AG's Convos, and we out. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes.